Hi, good day, everyone. My name is Nadine Morency Moss. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sale. I am uber excited today because I have an amazing guest who is here with me, Francilia Wilkins. Yes. Now, Francilia and I, I, I can't You have remember. to add the Rahim, though. You have to add oh, the Rahim. Oh, I'm, my, Francilia, my sin- I'm married now. Yes, okay. my sincere apologies. <laughs> Francilia Wilkins Rahim. Yes. Uh, you, you got married a couple years ago, right? A year. Uh, yeah, yeah okay. A year and a month ago. Nice. On a mountaintop in Vermont. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was very fabulous. Congra- I'll show you the video. Okay, looking forward to it. Congratulations. So... Excuse me. The reason why I'm excited about Francilia is because, um, again, we met on a phone conversation. I can't remember. I think how we got connected. I don't remember, but I just know that we when we spoke, I said, "I need you on my podcast immediately." (laughs) Um, Francilia is the CEO and founder of the RF Wilkins Consultants, a development and management consulting firm dedicated to leveraging project management to drive the success of the nation's businesses. Um, She founded her company in 2011. And she manages a diverse portfolio of public and private sector projects, including commercial real estate uh, and construction, nonprofit program expansion, MWBE and inclusionary inclusionary, uh, initiatives, compliance, stakeholder engagement and technical assistance. And to date, Francilia has led the company in raising more than, get this guys, $877 million dollars. And uh, Francilia started not too long ago, actually. She started in 2012, I believe. 11, 2011. Yes, 2011. Eight years. Nine years in February. And she's raised these monies through grant writing, advocacy, uh, and events. And she's grown her reputation in the ranks of the top performing management and consulting firm owned by a minority woman. She is doing it, guys. Wait till I continue <laughs> c- complete this bio because, like, she is dynamic. Um, she has aided in the development of numerous citywide diversity and inclusion initiatives and continues to advocate for equal opportunity for minority real estate developers, contractors, and small businesses. She's also in partnership with the New York Real Estate Chamber and the New York City, New York City's Econ- Economic Development Corporation, and she worked to develop the city's Emerging Developer Loan Fund. Now, this is where, you know, this is where you and I met. Yeah. I reached out to um, uh, a Google digital coach who's in uh, Brooklyn. Yes. And An- Angelina Darasaw. And Angelina was like, okay, you have a Google digital coach right in your community, which is Francilia. She's writing Queens. So this is why I'm like, I'm blown away because Francilia to me, she's a hidden figure. <laughs> she's literally in my backyard. I knew no- And we go to the same church, church. Alan AME. And so I'm like to to see the, and and we have mutual uh, acquaintances yeah. and friends. Yeah. So to know that she's right in my backyard, and to know that she's doing all of these amazing and trailblazing things, and on to top it all, she's a Google a Google New York City digital coach. That's that's like phenomenal. Um, so also one of the things that attracted me to what she's doing is in 2019 this year. HNTB and the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey named RF Wilkins Consultants one of two compliance contractors responsible for ensuring the minority and local local inclusion across the $13 billion JFK Airport Redevelopment Project. So in layman's terms, Francilia and one other company was awarded the compliance contract for the $13 billion JFK redevelopment project. <laughs> okay, my, my, my drop, I'm done. Francilia, yes, hi. Thank, thank you, you for so having much me. for being here and for you know sharing your wealth of experience with us. I have a host of questions for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So now let, let's, let's start with... How old were you when you started your company and what inspired you to become an entrepreneur? So that's such an interesting question, right? I started the company now not, almost nine years ago. Yeah. Um, I was 23 years old when I started the company. And I think it's so important to say. Right. I don't run around saying this all the time, but right. I do think it's so important to say. Because I started the firm, I had finished my MBA at St. John's. Right. Um, I had done a bachelor's before that. I had worked with like three of the largest Fortune 100 firms, right? So I had this experience and I finished school and it was 2011 when I finished my MBA. Okay. And I applied to probably about 200 different jobs. No joke, like 200 is an underestimation. And out of those 200, I heard back from like zero, literally zero. Wow. 
right? And I'm like, I had graduated cum laude, like all of these things, you know, I had everything that was supposed to be done right, plus $150,000 in student loan debt. Um, and so, and I could not get a job, but it was 2011. And if you were around 2011, you know, we were in the midst of a recession, right? right? So nobody was getting a job. It wasn't just me. In fact, a lot of the larger companies, which I wanted to work to work with, were having hiring freezes, right? And so it was just this kind of like, so now what? You right. have all of this debt. Most of my loans were private. So not like federal stuff that you wait and pay later. Private stuff that start hitting your credit today, wow. the day after you graduate, right? Most of my loans were for, uh, private. At that point, there was no like, let's see how we can help you with your loan structuring. There was none of that. It was either like, am I going to sell my body on the streets or am I going to figure out what to do <laughs> oh my God. with this? And and my family, I'm Liberian, my background culturally, that would never go down. Like Rudine and Jerry Wilkins will not, would never allow that to go down. Of right? course. And so that's when I started the firm. Um, and I really started as an individual working to, as a business development consultant independently. It was just me. And I knew I was always good at raising money and capital. Right. That's something I've been doing for years, like even in high school, you know, doing it for such a long time. Right. And so I was like, I can raise money for companies. And I just so happened to have a brand new Mac MacBook. Um, and I was like, I have a nice new computer. We can make this, you know, start popping. Right. And so I had gotten a call from a friend um, and his father had just gotten released from prison. And his father was a physically disabled ex-offender. And while in prison, his father and a friend of his had spent a lot of time working on the Americans with Disabilities Act, creating access for people in prisons with disabilities. Mm. So my friend calls me and he's like, so uh, aren't you an independent business development consultant? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, my father needs to, he has a nonprofit and he needs to establish it, right? And then raise money for it. I was like, I could do that. And so that's how it all started with that one client. And from that one client, I started doing work kind of, you know, more in the government space. So one client told another client, right? And that second client was a homeless shelter in Brooklyn, and they were actually established. So if you know about the homeless shelter agency uh, entities in New York, it's like a big thing, right? There's nonprofits who really manage huge millions and million dollars in homeless shelter contracts in yes. New York, right? Yes. So one of these nonprofits decided to take this risk on this 23-year-old woman who said that she could aid them in getting access to another, at that time it was a $10 million grant for homeless shelters, right? And from there, things blew up. Because it's hard to raise money, yes, right? And it's hard to turnkey things quickly. Yes. And that nonprofit, I started doing work with them. And they actually started paying because the first client was pro bono and I was just getting my feet wet, right? right? And I was absolutely not charging the right amount at all, period. But I think behind that was I need to build a portfolio yeah. um, and I need to develop my experience. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, I, th I think, a little bit intentional. And then a little bit, I just didn't know what I was doing when it came to pricing things out, right. which I think a lot of business owners face. Um, and so that's how it started. So from that one client, I raised that I won that first $10 million um, grant for them. And so then they told another entity and they told another entity that's and right. I kept winning. Amazing. Right. And so which is hard. If you know anything about developing grants and grant writing and all that stuff, it's not an easy thing to win. Right. So from there, after, you know, we started winning in the space of raising money. Our clients started needing assistance in their development side of their business. So what our umbrella is project management, right? Okay. So they were either developing in the construction and real estate space and they were developing buildings or whatever, but they needed really a project manager to do that. Right. They may have been expanding nonprofit programs, after school programs, daycares, and they needed a project manager to facilitate all of that. Um, they needed training for staff, all of these things to build out a program. And that, but they had trust with us because we brought so much money in and it's not just bringing the money in, it's managing the relationships and all of that. Um, and so we expanded our project management portfolio and our clients just, it all happened through word of mouth. Social media was not a thing then um, like it is now. Now you see everybody who's an entrepreneur on social media and like, 
not really doing much, but their social media is popping. My social media is not that popping, (laughs) y'all. I try, but it is not my thing. I just don't have the time. And this is why I'm sorry (laughs) to interrupt, but this is why I'm calling you a hidden figure because you're right here in our community and people don't don't know about you. People don't know because I'm working. I am working. I I Um, hear you. I hear you. (laughs) So anyway, long story short, Mm. um, business built from just kind of me um, the individual independent consultant to now we have, and we just hired a new person, but we have seven full-time staff, 13 project-based staff. By the end of this next year, we'll probably have close to 25 full-time staff. Um, and we're just wow. building up, building up, building up and con- just doing excellent, excellent work. That's that's what I'm committed to. That's what my staff and team mm. is committed to. And and that's how, you know, I, now I'm, you know, nine years after 23 and and still moving still growing um learning and building that's a dynamic testimony i I, i'm i'm you know i'm beyond floored because you took that uh experience you know where that was a challenge where people would fold you just flourish and you just stepped right into your calling yeah and Man, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Thank you. In one of your previous interviews, you mentioned the grit behind fundraising and uh, advocating for your clientele. Yeah. Uh, please share one or two of the most challenging projects that you successfully accomplish and one of your most memorable and proudest deals. Got it. So I think one of my proudest is with... So Thomas Campbell, there's a company, Thoroughbird, and it's a development company. There, mm-hmm. He's a developer. And he had reached out to me, and this was really leveraging advocacy to raise, because we raise in a few ways. Okay. So I'm going to back up a little okay. bit. You can raise money for projects in various different ways, okay? Um, one way, which was kind of our what we do the most uh-huh. and still probably what we do the most in the fundraising space is is grant writing. So writing, finding grants, applying to them, advocacy behind it whatever winning money through writing proposals right okay um the other way is events fundraisers and events and you know various people that's the world that most people know Mm -hmm. okay um the other way which we play a lot in now um is advocacy right so the reality of money and fundraising is that if people don't know who you are or what you are doing you're probably not going to be able to raise money right so it advocacy kind of um connects visibility of a client or a client's project as well as understanding who the elected and government and this and that people are behind dollars that are being allocated on both the city state federal level right and understanding what their goals are as it pertains to pots of money right okay and so also then understanding what community um, that money is targeted to and who the community leaders and stakeholders are right. as it pertains to passive money. There is a lot of money out there. Okay. I know. There's a lot of money out there. Right. I think the problem that we have, especially with businesses in our community, right. and I'm saying our community, people of color, is that we do not know the right ways of accessing dollars and capital and we do not know what exists. Right. So, when it comes to raising, you should know that full spectrum of what it takes to raise money. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so so back to Thomas Campbell, the work that we did for him was strictly on the advocacy front. Right. Okay. So he had potential dollars that could be allocated to a project, um, which is um, now up and in the middle of building in the Bronx, um, the Grand. And it was a multi uh, site, I think 160 something units, um, affordable affordable housing housing in the Bronx. And when he had come to the company, it was basically like, look, they're not moving this and we don't know what's going on. Right. And so we leveraged a lot of advocacy to help him close that deal at a point when it was going to die, period. Right. He had already put a lot of money into the deal and everything. We were able to help him close it. Um, within like two months, um, something he had been working on for like two, three years. Wow. Right? Oh my God. And so we stepped in and were, were able to get that close. So I think that's something that I really pride myself on. And then we put visibility behind it. Right. And he, his project, the dollars that he got, he was like the first black firm to get that type of state dollars. So he wasn't the only one struggling. Other people have struggled for years and years and years. And we were able to bridge that gap and make everyone look beautiful in the process. All of the the city and state agencies who participated, it 
was now we're all coming together and working together. Um, so I was really proud of that. I am also really proud of the work that we do on behalf of the New York Real Estate Chamber. So EDC Economic Development Corporation is one of um, the there's a few agencies on the city and state level that deal in the housing space. Uh -huh. EDC is one. Uh -huh. We were able to work with them to create what is now called the Emerging Developer Loan Fund. Um, and that was a huge thing. It's a pre-development fund uh -huh. for real estate developers. Right. And I think that was huge because some of the oldest folk in the games were like, this will not happen, girl. Just stop trying. You know what I mean? Like this will not happen. The city, the state, nobody's going to create a fund for us. Um, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> and so even in initial conversations, it was kind of like, everyone was like, well, we don't know if the market exists. Like, that's the thing with black businesses. We don't know if they exist. I, I right? really want to pause you right here because <laughs> this is imperative to hear. Now, how did you feel in the moments when you hear people saying, this will never happen, drop it, leave it alone? How... What, how did you feel? Well, that, that you know what? That's where we excel in the advocacy. When people tell me things are not going to happen, I, I'm like, oh, you want to see ah! if it's going to happen or not? Okay. <laughs> I don't say, I just, I just, so, I, I just smile. <laughs> like, okay, well, let's just see what we can do. You know? I let's, love let's see it. What, so I don't think, um, I think um, one of the things you learn when starting a business as a young person, and I think it's something that young people today should really, really understand. Things do not happen overnight. Yes. Humility is a huge part of this conversation, right? Yes. So you have to learn from people who came before you. Yes. You have to listen. You have to research. I don't understand why everybody today just don't know. Like, that. we don't understand how much access we have to data and information. Everything right. is on our fingertips on Google. Like, right. you can research anything you want, really. If not, go to a library. They yes. still do exist. Um, but... I think that um, just getting back to the, the the key question, I think that the the work with the New York Real Estate Chamber mm -hmm. and and having those no's, I've had a lot of no's. I continue to have no's as a business owner. Right. Right. To thrive and be successful as a business owner, you have to understand you will have no's. Correct. Right? And then you have to figure out how can I effectively change that no or transition that no into a yes. Correct. Um, and that's what my what I strive, and I'm, I'm going to go beyond me because it's a team of us, mm -hmm. right? So my team, that's mm -hmm. what we strive for. Right. Um, every single day, my team is striving for yeses. Right. So. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I'm just like basking in, in, this, in this information and uh, in your responses because, wow, so relatable. Okay, now this there the saying is there's strength. This is a one of my favorite questions that I, I prepared for you. The saying is there is strength and power in numbers. Yeah. And you were not aware how imperative it is to publicly share your company's growth and the financial goals achieved for your clients until recently. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good question. Um so I I'm gonna attack that in kind of like a multifaceted yeah. way, right? Because I think that there intrinsically is, and you see this with a lot of, I would say, minority women first, right? We're very hard on ourselves and anything that we do is not good enough, mm. right? So it's not good enough yet. If mm. I do a little bit more of something, 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 then it maybe it'll be good enough. But then you do the something, 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 and it's still not good enough yet. Interesting. Right? And so I think that, I have and continue to struggle with that it's not good enough yet. Um, what are you measuring yourself against? against? Right, good question. Um, <laughs> so it's so interesting that you asked that. When I started the company, I remember going online and just researching and seeing like, what do people do in the money raising space, right? And this was so long ago that I didn't connect it until recently. But I had I I, I found a guy who had raised like maybe like a million dollars. OK. Right. And I remember at that time thinking, I will never raise that much money. Like, how can I have credibility? I haven't raised even a dollar like I, you know, and now we're at like close to a billion dollars. Right. Right. But I remember kind of locking that in um, that that figure. But. Not even the figure. I didn't lock in the figure. So I didn't have something to compare against. I locked in the, I'm never going to be that guy. That's what I locked in. I didn't lock in the, the number. Notion. Right. Right. I locked in that idea. Right. And I didn't realize that I had surpassed that guy in less than a year. 
right? Mm -hmm. Of first starting. I never realized that. I think that what ended up, um, what I ended up comparing myself to is the ideas that other people put out. Because I don't think there's too many businesses I can even compare the work that we do to, right? We have a very interesting model and yes. a very interesting success rate. Yes. So what I what I was doing, right? And this is what young people do today a lot. <clears throat> you compare yourself to the story that somebody has created on social media mm. or something, right? You so you're comparing to all these ideas of glamour but nothing is quantified and codified. Yes. No one's really tracking their numbers and saying what they really look like. So what shifted this for me? Yeah. And this is not going to be and and this and this is why I think we have had as a company um, support in different ways from different types of people across different spectrums, nationalities, cultures. I used to say, my husband used to say, "You, your company is the UN because our clients mm-hmm. have range, right? right? But I remember speaking to a friend of ours, Jewish guy, um, very wealthy business owner that if I told you the business that he runs, you would know who he was, right? Um, but he and I were just talking. And he was like, oh, so tell me about your business. This was like probably four years ago or something when I started sharing the numbers. And I told him what we did. And I was like, yeah, we raised about like 800. At that time, it was maybe like $650 million, right? I was like, yeah, we've raised like about $650 million. And his mouth hit the floor, right? He was like, what? And I didn't think it was a thing because I didn't have any real things to compare it to, right? And so... In the moment, he was like, do you know what you're saying right now? I still, I didn't process it as this is a great thing that you've done. Like other people have not done this. Never and at the processed. time, you were about what, 30? I was about um, like still late 20s. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Okay. And <clears throat> so I like probably maybe 29 or something. I don't, still late, 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 20, almost 30, right? Okay. But I still had not processed it Um. I hadn't processed it until this man, because he was a business owner, white Jewish dude, he was shocked, right? So it took that type of acknowledgement for me to say, oh, this is a thing right here. (laughs) This is a thing right here that I'm doing, right? right? And so that made me say, I need to begin telling my own story. And I need to, and effective stories, and I tell people that all the time, are quantified Effective stories are codified. Um, That's what creates an effective story because people can then chew on that, right? You Mm -hmm. can chew on a number. It's a different conversation. I could chew on a number, you know? You can chew on results. So at that point, I realized I need to start. And then he asked me to see my website, which I had not had up fully, right? All these years I'm operating no website. And I was like, oh, there has to be a shift. And that one conversation really created a shift and plummeted me into next phases because when I started sharing what I was doing and what the company was doing everybody was shocked like it people were like what what and and I didn't think I never thought it was a thing I never thought it was good enough how did it positively affect your business the doors um, flew open yeah doors flew open I began to also understand I need to be more visible like, you know, where I'm here today, right? It wasn't a thing. I've kept my head down and worked for a very long time. Really work, 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 work. And that has been the thing, right? But I think you realize, and I've, I'm starting to realize that, you know what? You could work a little less harder if you were a little more visible. Wow. Right? And I think we forget that. Yesterday. Yeah. I literally had this conversation yesterday. Watch a shout out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, if you only were being more visible, more will come to you. People will know what you're doing. You're, you're setting up yourself. You're setting up the universe to say, okay, open those doors more, right? I, and I think it's that good enough narrative, good enough narrative that halts up being more visible, right? Um, but then <laughs> when you start quantifying, codifying being more visible, more people want to hear the story. More people want to work with you. They want to partner with you. They want to grow with you. And then they can call somebody you worked with and be like, oh, but is this for real? Right. And now, because I've spent so much time working, right, and building those relationships and having those wins for companies and clients, they can establish that it's real. 
Without me having a market, it's real, right? So in other words, a word of mouth, like it's just like word of mouth is my, my money maker. Yeah, right. They I, and I'm there's no one I'm not open to say call, connect with them, talk to them and the work. Tell them we always go back to clients. What did we do good? What did we didn't? What what did we not do so well? Right. Right. Where can we work? We are still a growing company. Mm -hmm. We mess up sometimes. I've learned how to be accountable for mess ups when they happen. Um, I am continuing to learn that. My staff is continuing to learn that. That's awesome. A and so all part of you know the process so right. yes visibility came after that god told me you're doing great and you need to share this and and then i he didn't even say you need to share this he just was shocked and it made me say let's turnkey how i'm thinking about the work that i'm doing and the impact that i've already made it is good enough and you are good enough um and, and that's been the shift so thank you for that story wow Please highlight a word of encouragement you would share with a mentee or the younger version of yourself. Um, it would be that same. You're good enough. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. that that is the mindset that needs to be shifted in our yes. community. Every single one of you out there, you are good enough. Yes. Yes. But you have to work smart first. Right. And then hard. And you have to be you have to continuously follow up. Um say what you mean and 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 mean what you say and then do what you say right continuously follow up with that but i think those would be the words of advice to younger me um those are the words of advice to older me right um just you know i think we have to work in here first and we need to change our internal narrative first um and and as we do that the opportunities and how we even perceive the world that we engage in, it's just going to be different. Um, and not only is it going to be different for us, other people, um, we'll, we're going to shift their mindsets too. And Agreed. that happens kind Agreed. of, yeah, as you begin to shift your own, you start to shift other people's mindset also. That's a great point that you just made also because what you just stated is, the visibility piece, right? Yeah. So once we change our mindsets, yeah, it sh it it manifests in our actions. Yeah. Our yeah. actions are visible to other ethnicities, other people, yeah. and that will change the narrative of who we are as a culture. Because unfortunately, media media is very powerful, yeah. and one of the reasons why is because. In, people who don't know about other ethnicities and other cultures and, 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 and principles, they just take the media for face value in thinking that, oh, okay, this is how this demographic demographic responds. This is how th this demographic acts. And what happens is now they just stereotype one or two or yeah. five individuals and just... And the reality is we stereotype ourselves. So we fall into the same narratives too. We see this narrative so much. We see the narrative, black dads are not participating as fathers. We see that narrative. Shout out to dad gang, right? The dad gang, if you guys don't follow them on Instagram or whatever, follow them. Because I just love, Sean, how you have changed the narrative for black dads and you're continuing to do that. So shout out to the dad gang. Shout out to <clears throat> R. Fulcum's consultants, right? Because we're changing the narrative of yeah. what economics look like and what black business looks like, yes, right? Yes. And, and, and I didn't know that. And so I think that we fall into, the, we fall into this. We, we fall into the narratives. Um, we need to change our own narratives. Um, we need to understand what the narratives are because you can't change something that you don't realize is a construct. Um, I think that, and, I, and I'm going to throw this in here because it's so important, the only way we can, can shift and change this world that we live in is by shifting economics. Economics are the foundation of everything. Um, and for me, my, I think that every one of us play a different role in the world, right, and in this space right. and in our community. Right. Some people are the, um, they're the, the, the marchers and the people on the ground who are marching and advocating, right? right? And that's how they change access for our community. Some people are the teachers. Um, some people are the business owners. And change happens at the level of business because you could shift conversations and sit at different tables. That's and right. that's my way of advocacy. That's right. I am committed to our Wilkins Consultants. We are committed to being a Fortune 500, Fortune 100 firm. This is it's way bigger than me. That commitment, I want to see this company thrive beyond me. Yes. Our goal is to have an inclusive work environment. My team right now is 100% minority, mm. black, Asian, Spanish. We have the whole mix of folk. 
um, I am committed to creating a workspace where people of color can thrive right. and do very high level work and get paid well. Um, and I want this to be the norm in American first and then international business practices where you can have a business that's doing excellent work and it looks like us. Right. Um, and, and that is the goal of my company. Right. right. We're, our goal is today in 2019, there are no even the big tech companies of the world right. are struggling with three percent staffing and inclusionary staffing. Three percent. Right. Right. right? It, it, we're still having a problem as it pertains to access for minorities, people of color in high level jobs. That's right. And we're still having a problem as it pertains to us in business, right? right. The only way people, we hire people who look like us. You know, white women owned businesses hire a lot of white women, if you take a look at them, right? right? Um, um, white male businesses hire a lot of white males. The only way we could shift this conversation overall of our economics and wealth in our communities is by creating businesses and then not creating businesses that only operate within ourselves, right. but creating businesses that then create jobs, right? Right, Because that's how you change the picture. That is my, if I left this earth today, if I had one thing that I could leave behind, that is what I would leave behind and what I would want to leave behind as my legacy. That is what I am committed to. Um, and anyone coming into a firm, black, white, other, whatever, that's our number one. When you look at our goals and values, that's our number one. Um, and so that's the greater um, vision and picture for the work that we're doing now. Phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Thank you. And I and I like the fact that you just create. You just uh, uh, spoke to to my core because I was literally thinking about this on the way here. Yeah. In terms of everyone has their lane, and unfortunately, sometimes, especially with social media, it creates. And I always I say this all the time, and I said this yesterday perception is not always reality yeah social media has convoluted <laughs> mindsets and 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 created this false narrative created this false thinking that everything is quick and easy media you know when you look on tv people think that that 60 minute show that's how that's how life is life yeah. is not life is a process it yeah. takes time that you know they say that success can take five ten years uh, overnight that. success, <laughs> you know, those overnight success people, successful people, it, it literally didn't just happen, you know, woke up today, went to sleep, and then the next day I'm successful. There, there's a process. But the point I was trying to make is that the lane that you, that was created for you is for you. Yeah. And everybody has their own lane and should be walking in their own journey, in their own path. And you might look at the other person's lane and, and it might look better than yours, but trust me, the lane that was created for you, you will flourish in that lane. Yeah. But I, I feel like people are just trying to look at other people's, you know, their grass is greener. Yeah. Their lane looks like they're, they're getting there faster. It, you know, what's the saying? It's, it's not a marathon. It's a, you know, it's yeah. not a, it's not a race. It's, it's not a, a, it's it's not not a, a marathon. It's a race. Or it's something a, like that. Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is that I just, that's my, my thing. I yeah. think that everyone should walk in their own purpose. Yeah, definitely. Everybody definitely. has a calling on their life. Yeah. And if you walk in your calling, that that's that's what God designed and created for you. Yeah. So, no. I, you know what? I want to throw something in sure. there with, and I don't know when this question was asked, but like what I would tell my my little self, my younger self. Yes. Um. And this is a, what I'm trying to tell my older self now. Manage your time and be okay with it. I think one of the things I've learned, I'm still learning and I struggle with, everyone wants to tap into you, right? So it's like, oh, I got this. Can I, can you do, oh, can you be here? Yes. Nowadays, I am so struggling. Shout out to Ebony, my development manager. She handles my scheduling and everything. I cannot be everywhere. In fact, for me to be successful, I cannot say yes to everything. I cannot yes. help everybody. I cannot partner with everyone. I might be able to connect you somewhere. If you send me an email, you may not get a response from me today. Right. Because I can't I cannot um, I cannot be on everyone's time. Because when I'm on everyone's time, I won't get the work done. That's and the right. long, like the long run picture would be you start to fall backwards. Right. And then people, the same people who want you to be will look at you like, oh, and then she failed. Right. And then she died. Right. And or those will be the same people who are like, well, I've been, you know, trying to do this and did it. understand there's a million other people trying to do this, too. Right. right. Or reach out or. Do, and I want to be at there's this core in me. And the most difficult thing for me has been 
like saying no and saying, I cannot do this right now. Yes. Or I cannot be here right now. It doesn't mean I got any beef with what you're doing. That's right. It just means that I know that for me to even be able to give you greater value in the future, I need to focus my time, manage this time well. And this is what I'm struggling with now. Um, what I've always struggled with is like how you kind of like parcel this thing out and be able to say no and let people know like it's not anything except the fact that I am just extremely busy. Yes. Um, and, and I have to set barriers uh, to my time and how I manage it. So, right. Yeah. And I'd like to add to that because sometimes people feel like well, there's a there's a meme on Instagram. We're not 17 anymore. Yeah. So the time that I had at 17 is not the time not that I have at 30 or 40. Yep. And it's, the more successful an individual is, the less time that they have to devote to hearing that idea, that opportunity. Yeah. And granted, if it's meant to be, it will definitely happen. Yeah. It will make yeah. make itself uh, uh, available to you in the right time and season. So please keep it in mind, people, that busy people and successful people who you want that mentorship from, they're literally busy. And sometimes they can't even, they may not have had a meal for the entire day, and yet you still want to try to squeeze something in their schedule. That That's what successful people do. They yeah. just don't have the time. Yeah. So, you know, that's to, to, the, to the folks who... Unfortunately, you know, I've had conversations with with younger people too, yeah. aspiring to be in real estate or wanting to partner. It just unfortunately happens that way. But no, you gotta keep grinding and yes. you gotta tap into the resources. And really, when people no, see no you beef. thriving, no beef, they're gonna come to you. But yes. you, the true, um, the the true definition of someone who will be successful in business is someone who knows how to figure things out. Like, really figure things out. Right. Right? And so, it's all part of your journey. Um, yeah. Um, so, I'll leave that at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, we actually just answered the, 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 the other question, which is, how do you maintain the life-work balance? Yeah. Um, um, but, so, I'm married. Let's talk yes. about marriage. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Because I think that's another thing that people see. And I think people love. Like, when I do have time to post on Instagram and social media, <laughs> the pictures that get the most posts is of Mr. Hakeem Rahim. Okay? <laughs> Let me tell you. That's my husband. He gets all the love. <laughs> Shout out to Hakeem. Um, because I think that people aspire um, and inspire uh, or are inspired when they see relationships, yeah. black relationships, black love working. I want to say that it you the work life balancing. I don't know if it really exists. I don't know if I'm ever balanced. I, I can't say that I'm about. I just came back from Atlanta. I just got off of a flight a few hours ago last night. <laughs> I am exhausted right now. I am completely exhausted right now. In fact, I had planned with girlfriends next weekend to just take some time off because I know I'm at my mm. complete, um, like I'm completely tapped out that right now. That battery level is Yeah, the battery like, level is like, Energizer <laughs> is not thumping that drum right now. Um, and so I don't think there is real work-life balance. But I do think that you have to work to keep yourself as balanced as possible in yeah. whatever the situation is, right? Yeah. I also think that when it comes to relationship and work, especially owning a company, yes. you have to be intentional about, just like I'm intentional about, uh, intentional about my business, right? Right. I'm very intentional about what am I doing, what am I doing, da, 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 I pour hours into it. You have to be intentional about your relationship, right? right? Understanding that human beings, we are all different. The man I married a year and a half ago is very different from the man he is today. 10 years from now, different. 50 years from now, going to be a different person, right? It's just that is the name of human beings. Right. That's why we're so great because we change and grow and build, right? I think that there has to be this intentional investment in your relationships. And I'm speaking marriage first, but I'm also going to talk about friendships. Um, I think there has Big to be one. intentional communication, right? And I think that you have to work on communicating, work on learning, growing, and building yourself. Um, when you move, I see so many marriages right now ending in divorce, and I, that's just the thing, right, in the U.S., across all racial groups. And I think that what is missing is that communication piece. Agreed. Right? Agreed. I think marriage should start off with friendship. Agreed. Um, because if that person ain't your homie, Yes. Right. If that person isn't somebody that you can say, I can't stand you right now, but I, I still love you because you my homie. Right? right. I love you, best friend. Right. But I can't really mess with you right now. If you don't have that, that core initial foundation, right. 
everything else is going to be extremely hard and you're not going to make it to the point where you're like, yes, something can happen. Everything something will happen but we are committed to get through this together exactly marriage is a commitment when we first started um we interviewed a bunch of people kind of that was our marriage coaching um uh uh shout out to reverend wyatt too from allen reverend wyatt married us um but we interviewed a bunch of different couples before Mm -hmm. we got married right and we just had conversation some of these people were married some people were divorced like we went across the spectrum right and we started saying well what is making you all still kind of for the people who were happy because we asked that question too are you still happy right a lot of people were not happy the two couples out of i would say maybe nine that we interviewed maybe a little less the two people the couples that were so happy were happy because and they both said the same thing we were intentional about our communication and we and we made the decision that we are here together no matter what right so that's what marriage is Right. You're committing to someone and saying, no matter what, we're going to work this joint out. That's right. Um, and I think that in this world and space that we live in today where everyone, like, once again, everything is visual and you think that, no, there's work behind it. Right. No, there's work behind right. relationships. Right. So the work-life balancing, it's like, you, there. one, in my opinion, you're not going to get the balance, right? But take the time to pour into your relationships that are the most important. And then the other thing which I'm learning um, and I'm not that good at is taking time to pour back into myself um, because I am so on the ground and so pouring into my staff. I'm pouring into my husband. I'm pouring into the my parents, you know, have stuff going on right now. Um, everybody has stuff going on and I'm right. pouring and I'm pouring and I'm pouring. I and then I have this messed up way of thinking that if I keep going hard, more is going to come. Right. What I'm learning and it's a slow learning process for me is that I have to pour back into myself because the more full my cup is, the more I can then pour out. It is easier said than done. Right. Easier, especially with me where I'm constantly like, well, we got to do better and greater and and you're on this kind of clock, you know? Now it's everyone's asking, well, where y'all having babies? Even my doctor was like, well, so what's up? Like, what you trying to do? You know what I mean? So now it's the, where y'all having babies in the clock? And I'm kind of like, y'all just don't know. I need like 300 nannies. I'm going back to my mother. I'm like, well, when you retiring, right? right? Because then we can have this conversation. Yes, yes. So it's 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 learning the balance. It, it, it's not necessarily um, balance, but it's being equitable to the different pieces of your life. And I, and I'm using the word equitable because equitable does not necessarily mean that everyone's getting the same amount, right? Right. Equitable means that you're pouring what's needed into whatever pot so it could at least be a little bit you you can get to the around the same place. Right. So I I, I, I so I am trying to be equitable with 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 the pieces of my life, including myself, understanding that I may pour more into one at a certain time, one piece than another piece. And then finally, I would just say with relationships like, you know, I have some friendships that I really um thank God for my best friend, Tanya, um, Soya, like there's just certain people in my life, all my brides, Selena, all my bridal party have been my back in really difficult situations. And they're my motivation and they're my everything. And they know I'm hard as hell to reach sometimes. Like you just can't reach me sometimes. But when I do pour back in, I'm pouring back in fully. Right. 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 So it's kind of like giving people the time when they 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 when you have it. I think as I've grown and I continue to grow in business, there's some relationships that just won't work out. They they can't they are not able to understand that as a business person, um my Time looks different. I can't do the crazy things I was doing in college, show up for everybody's everything. And I can't operate like that anymore. And it means nothing um, towards how much, how good of a relationship we have. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that I'm building and I'm growing. I would love for you to build and grow with me because I want to build and grow with you. Right. Um, But I need to pour into this part of this relationship a little differently. Exactly. Exactly. and, and then if you're investing, sorry, if yeah, you're no. investing into your business, yeah. again, you need that time, whatever time that you do have now that you you, you, you took you took a step back from your business, yeah. you need that energy. Yeah. Like yeah. people don't understand, like one of the major uh concerns of our well being is stress. Yeah. Stress kills. Yeah. Like if you literally 
If you literally don't, okay, that's the saying, hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind. But if you don't take a step back and de-stress, yeah. you will, you may not wake up the following day. And that's the truth. I, you know, I had a client just, you know, sidebar, I'm just thinking about it, who I sold the house to. It was a husband and a wife. The wife was an officer. The husband worked for Verizon. And literally a year later, she was going to retire at 42. And I saw it in the news and I didn't even recognize her. She literally collapsed at her job three months before her retirement. Jesus, wow. Because she, I guess she was just focused on the grind, grind, grind. I'm about to retire. Yeah. 42 years old, just purchased a home with two kids. So people who don't understand that business owners and successful people need that time, if they need that time alone or if they're not responding to an email, avoid, I, re- I reach out to people and if they don't get back to me, I'll wait for the following week or the two weeks. I'll follow up, but... I understand as a business owner what it takes to invest into a business. So if you don't receive that that email or phone call or whatever, don't think, you know, ill, don't have any ill intentions or, or think anything different of that person just because they didn't get back to you in the time frame that you wanted to. It's because they need to pour back within themselves. Yeah. As you just said. Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. So now I, I, I understand the challenge. <laughs> I understand the plight. Trust me, I do. Uh, I want to ask you, how did you get in, involved in uh, Google? Google? You are a New York City Google digital co- coach yeah. for Queens. Yeah, for the city. For the city. Yeah, for the entire city. And that there's only, I think, five of you, right? No, there's one. Um, there's one per... There's one per city in the United States. Um, actually, there's actually a New Harlem person. Okay, in, Sandy, shout out to Sandy. Um, but every that was because of a Chase partnership. Okay, every city Google has an initiative, and I'll quick shout out to Google Digital Coaches. Um, and it's basically where they've said we want to work with thriving small businesses in specific cities yeah. that Google is engaged in, right? Um, or want to enhance the engagement in and we want to work with these small business owners and leverage really their person too so their business and their person um and contract to them contract with them to engage other small business owners in the market right and so if you go online and put in my name a lot of times you'll pop up google digital coach and all these things because what our contract with google is is to share with minority and small businesses and communities the different opportunities free and cheap that Google has to help your business grow. Because the the percentages are crazy. It's like, I think like 73% of minority owned businesses don't engage in the digital space. Like we don't effectively leverage digital platforms to grow our business, right? And our majority counterparts are like 40 something percent ahead of us because of the, it's like a huge, like huge stats around this, right? But basically the gist of, Folk are ahead of us because they're leveraging this and we're not leveraging it well. We don't right. know. We don't understand what resources are accessible. And Google is invested in ensuring that these communities are growing and expanding and so on and so forth. Um, and so as a Google digital coach, how did it get how did it happen? I literally was invited to Google to speak to their small businesses like yes. it was and it was right after I had gotten married. I remember we had a one month honeymoon in Bali. Okay, yeah, well, you definitely married. took some time. All I right. took some time because that I don't wedding, blame you. It, was, it was intense. Okay. Um, putting it all together, right? <laughs> so we're like one month Bali, came back, and a friend of mine had asked me before, like, hey, we're having this event at Google. At that time, Angelina was a coach. Yes. Right, for New York Shout City out Angelina. Shout out Angelina. She, she's the one who, who connected yes. us, too. Yeah. Yeah, she, she is dope, amazing. She is. She's definitely, you yes. guys got to check her out. And so Angelina was a coach, and so she was having an event and pulled in different businesses and yeah. found my, co- and so- the, a friend of mine, he was like, yeah, you know, I would love to have her speak. Came and spoke. Just so happened at that time, Angelina was transitioning to do the, ideally to manage the the entire program. So national okay. program, which is, she's still here in New York managing, the, but she's a national coach, right? Um, and so, and they needed a New York, someone to manage yes. New York, right? And so they were like, hold on. And so they did like an interview process and stuff. And I was like, cool. They were like, I don't know if you would do this because it's like you're a bigger business. And I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to be able to invest more in minority and women owned businesses. But it's like, well, who's going to pay for that investment? Because I can't 
you can't do a whole bunch of free stuff, right? Yes. You're going to crumble your business. And so Google allowed that for me to invest in a way that I did not have as much capacity even to do um, because it had to be paid for in some way, right? right. Um, and so now I can do it. I can provide mentorship in, in ways that I did not have while growing the business. I would say now I want to always give a shout out to Cheryl McKissick of McKissick and McKissick and then Patience Amenike, who owns Pioneer Home Care. Um, two black women business owners, two people who have poured into me as a business owner and just done little things that have just restructured how I think, how I approach business. I just admire these women so much. Um, and they've poured into me just a little bit of pouring can just change how another person thinks, right? Um, and so Google Digital Coaches allows me to pour into other um, businesses, minority businesses, especially minority MWBE, minority women-owned businesses, um, and discuss and give them access to all the digital resources that Google has to help grow their business in the community. And that's how I got there and where we are now. I can't, I, I can't think of anyone better to thank have you. landed this position. Thank right. you, awesome. thank you. And, and that's amazing, your testimony of you wanting to... God is awesome. You know, yeah. you, we, we pray for things. Sometimes we pray for things without actually praying. Like, yeah. we don't literally go on our knees and pray, but we, we're like, you know what? I feel like there's something that I... There's like a tug in your spirit. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I want to do something... And that was your your that talk was my thing. That because was the it's thing your that calling. I to do yeah. So awesome. now you know I got to do it and still survive, thrive, and all that. <laughs> oh my! I want to keep you here for way much longer. But I know you have a two thirty <laughs> meeting in New Rochelle, so yes. I, I do have like one or two other questions. But I, I I'm going to talk to you offline. Okay. I think you are so phenomenal, Francelia. Oh my god! You. Literally, I appreciate that. when you thank and I spoke, you. I think we're going to phone for like twenty minutes. I just called you for like a two minute conversation, yeah. <laughs> and I was just floored at all the things that you're doing. I really. You you don't know how much you've just inspired me. Thank you. You inspire me. So it's, you know, we feed off of each other. Thank you yes. so much. And uh, even one of the things that you definitely inspired me to do is actually to share numbers, share my numbers, because I think that's, you know, pe sometimes people see, again, they see, mm -hmm. but don't really understand or know. Like for me, people think I'm a socialite. They're like, they always see me on social media. Like, yeah. she's everywhere. I sh that should be my hashtag. She's everywhere. She's everywhere. But not knowing that there's a lot of grit that goes behind it. Yeah. So you inspire me to, to disclose those numbers Thank so people you. can, you know, Thank you're, you're you. such an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you so and much. And my for, next thing yes. is like more visibility. So if y'all, yes. it's something I have to do, right? I, I, I was pushing against it. Now I have to be more visible. The company has more, be more visible. And Please. my goal this year is being more intentional about that. So yes. it's not the hidden secret, the work that we're doing anymore. So well, thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. I can definitely visible. assist you with that visibility. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you're. I don't want you to be a hidden figure because we, the, the young girls need you. So many people need you. They need to see you're behind the scenes for so long. And they, yeah. we want to just pull that cover yeah. and say, wow, Francilia is doing amazing things and so you, so you can inspire so many other people. So Thank I you. appreciate you for being here to, to inspire. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank well, you. listen, guys, I'm super excited. I, I feel like uh, you just poured into me and you poured into to the audience. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to next week. I have so many guests lined up for you guys. I love this podcast because it's a platform to provide free information to you, the audience, and you could always reach out at jmorealty at gmail.com. Francilia, please share your information. Yes. Um, you can reach me. So first of all, our website, rfwconsultants.com. Instagram, Francilia, F-R-A-N-C-I-L-I-A, Wilkins Rahim. As soon as you put Francilia, there's not many of us out there. So Francilia Wilkins, W-I-L-K-I-N-S, Rahim, R-A-H-I-M, um, is my Instagram. Twitter will be up soon, but I think it's at rfwconsultants. Um, you can email me or email the company, um, info at rfwconsultants.com. And that's a lot of ways of connecting. <laughs> Our office phone number is online on the website. So <laughs> all, all the ways. Right. Excellent. Thank you so much, Francilia. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Uh, any questions, feel free to send me an email. And you can reach me on also social media. Thank you. Take care, guys. Thank bye -bye. you.